Well, let's pray. Lord, we, we are thankful that we can have a potter like you, a potter that knows us, informs us, shapes us. And God, I know that it's, it's hard sometimes to be the clay that's being formed and shaped. And so God, we just we pray that we would be clinging to you, that we would be keeping our eyes on you, that even in the hard times, that we would put our trust in you and know that you have a plan and know that you have a good purpose for what you're doing. God, we just pray uh, for each person here today that we would experience your love, that we would grow in your grace and mercy. God, that we would have a joy that's found in you. God, we pray today that we would, that we would look to you. Lord, we pray that you would teach us, that you would show us. Uh, God, I just pray that as we open your word today, you would give your, your words to us, for each of us to hear, for each of us to learn, for each of us to grow closer to you, Jesus. So we just pray that your words would, would do what they're meant to do, impact us, and to change us. And so Jesus, we just uh, ask that we'd have open hearts and open ears today. We pray this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, start with a question. Why is there conflict? Why is there conflict? Sometimes we, we wonder, why can't we just all get along? I mean, I know the parents in the room, especially parents of younger kids, might ask that question sometimes. Why can't you guys all just get along? We're trying to watch a movie over here. Or we're trying to do Like, why can't you guys just get along? It's like, right? Because we want people to get along. But even as adults, why can't we just all get along? Why is there so much conflict? Why is there so much hurt that we cause to each other? Well, I believe that conflict happens mostly because we value different things right? We, we value different things, so, and, and usually what we value is what we, really what we want. It's, it's more about what's going to make me happy. And so sometimes we have this, con- we have conflict because it's, we have differences of opinion and really differences of what we value. I mean, you can look at this, and this isn't just on a personal level, this is on a, on a uh, nation level, this is on a world level, like there's, why is there conflict? We value different things. You know, you can, you can look into all the different conflicts and read, read about them, understand them, but, and it's about valuing things. And where is our value? As, as believers, are we valuing life? Like the, we heard this announcement this morning, the sanctity of life. Are we valuing life? Or are we valuing convenience? Because those two things don't get along, especially when we, talk, when we think about uh, our world with abortion right now. Convenience, it's easier just to say, uh, that's not really a life. But, but we know it is a life. And so do we value life or do we value choice, convenience? So even inside the church, we still have conflict. But this shouldn't be. Because we all should value, we can have the opportunity to value the same thing. And if our value is in Jesus Christ, if, if our identity is in Him, if we're putting our trust in Him, 
then what we have an opportunity to do is grow together. And that doesn't mean bumps and bruises don't happen. It doesn't mean conflict doesn't happen. But big conflict shouldn't happen. And it's easy to say shouldn't. But, I mean, if we all have our eyes on Jesus, if we all are praying for what Jesus wants and what His Spirit is leading, that's exciting. And so we're going to look today in, in the book of Jude about a conflict that they are having. Now, Jude is the second to last book in the Bible, so it's really kind of easy to find, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but it's only one chapter, so that's, it might be a little hard to find because you might get to Revelation. Just, if you find Revelation, just go back uh, a little bit, and then you might be in the John's, the first, second, third John, but it's, it's right after third John. So let's, if you would, open to, to Jude this morning. And there's only one chapter. Um, and so I know, Dwayne mentioned this a little bit ago, they were having some conflict. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just um, conflict. It was that there was some false teaching. There was some, some people that were trying to get in the way of what was really true. Like what Dwayne said, that, you know, that if, if you step on that ice, you're just going to fall through. They didn't have founding. They were, they were seeking what they wanted instead of seeking what the Lord wanted. And so, I know I was, we're starting in verse 17, but I'm going to read in verse 16 just to have a, have a, just a piece of what was happening here. It says, These people are grumblers and fault finders. Now, it's easy to, to point at these people, these people, whoever it is, right? They're grumblers. They're the fault finders. But am I a grumbler? Am I a fault finder? And the answer is, if we really ask yourself, I think we all are. We all grumble about things. We all find fault in other things. And so it, it's not just those people out there. Now, those people, I mean, the, the people that are, that are really bringing disunity, those, those people, they care. Well, let's just see what it says here. Uh, these people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. And so they're, they're, they're wanting what they want. They're wanting their way. They're wanting whatever their ulterior motives is. I mean, I mean Jude says their own evil desires. They're, they're people that want what they want for the reason they want. And it might sound like a good argument, maybe it's a good idea, but they're not part of going, to, they're, they're not part of the church. They're not helping the church. They're not bringing unity to the church. They're doing the opposite. And so Jude, this is the half-brother of Jesus. He's, he's writing this letter, and I think this is kind of this big piece of it. He's, he's saying, don't be deceived by, by ungodly people. Don't let them just tell you, don't, don't fall for their, their tricks, their lies. They're, they're grumbling, they're complaining. Don't listen to that. And then he says, but, in verse 17, but dear friends, he says, beloved, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. So remember, remember what the apostles said was going to happen. They, in verse 18 it says, They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own 
ungodly desires. Let's say own, their own. It's their own ungodly desires. And so when, when our own ungodly desires are not being met, we tend to scoff. We tend to complain, to grumble. And so it says, they, they follow mere natural instincts and they do not have the Spirit. Now those are, those are harsh words, but there's a reality that if, if someone is putting all their emphasis, all their worry into getting their own way, not what the Lord's way is, how, are they really, how do they really have the Spirit of the living God in them? And so that's a, that's a hard word, but it, it may be true. I mean, it is true. It may be true, hopefully not of, of many, but it, it happens that we are, our sinful nature wants us, we, we have the desire to be right, we have a desire to get our own way, we have a desire to try to, to make things happen, right? It's, it's hard to have a desire to follow what the Spirit of the living God wants. It's, it's actually pretty much impossible to do that on our own. It's only through the Spirit. So if we have the Spirit, He gives us this, this desire, He gives us this, this choice that we can live for Him. Right? And so it's, it's something that it's just really black and white here. He says if, if people are grumbling, if they're complaining, if they're, if they're not following the Spirit, then they don't have the Spirit. If, if their life is about if their life is all about them, then how can it be all about God? And as believers in Jesus Christ, if you put your trust in Jesus, you put your faith in Jesus, and we're, we're growing in our love for the Lord, then our desire is going to be in what He wants. It, it's not going to be all the time, but we're, we're going in that direction where we're, we're asking the Spirit, show us what you want. We're asking the Lord, give us what you want so that we can have a heart for you. We can have a heart for what you care about. The, the, the eternal things. The Lord, His Word, people. The, the things that matter. Let's have a heart for what matters. And so, here, here He says, that there's some people that don't have the Spirit. They don't have the Spirit. And so if, if someone doesn't have the Spirit, this, they're not going to be praying in the Spirit. They might have some prayers, but they're not going to be praying in the Spirit. And praying in the Spirit helps distinguish true followers of Jesus. Sorry, that's a hard word to write. Distinguish, especially for the kids. But it, if we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying, connecting our hearts with God's heart, then we're going to see who true followers of Jesus are. And if a true follower of Jesus is grumbling and complaining, then a brother or sister in Christ, we need to pull them aside and say, hey, I know you're upset about something, but let's pray about this. Let's, let's work this out. And let's not be giving in to, to bitterness, to complaining, because that brings disunity. And actually what it's showing, too, is that 
that someone might not, if they're, if they're listening to what they want all the time, trying to do what they want, then they are not trying to do what God wants. And he says in chapter 1, verse 20, Jude says, But you, dear friends, by building yourself up in the most holy faith, and are praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to pause there. Praying in the Holy Spirit. They're, they're building themselves up in, in holy faith and praying in the Spirit. These, these people, these Christians, they want to have faith. They want to have a faith that we're, we're set aside and we're holy and, holy and pleasing to God, not by what we have done, but only because of what Jesus Christ has done. And we have this, this faith, this holy faith. And we sang about this earlier, set, being set apart. This, the holiness that God wants and desires. But it says, and praying in the Spirit. And so this praying in the Spirit is, is I think, a really important piece here. I mean, in, in Ephesians, when Paul was writing his letter to the church in Ephesus, he, he was giving all these warnings about about the attacks of the devil. And then so he gives, in chapter 6, he talks about all these armor pieces that you can protect yourself with, that we need to be protecting ourselves because our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is against the rulers and authorities, the, the spiritual rulers and authorities, the ones that we don't see. Our battle is not with people we see. It's with something that's, that's invisible or... or um, greater than just people. Not greater in value to people, of course, but against, against Satan and his armies. And, and believe me, Satan and, and, Satan and his army, they are all about kill, steal, destroy. They're all about these things. They want to deceive us from the truth. They want to deceive people, whether they're believers in Jesus or not. They want to deceive them and keep them far from the truth. And so at, at the end of this, when Paul is talking about the armor of God, how we need to protect ourselves and be part, of, be part of the family of God, protecting ourselves, he says this, he says in Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit. Now, now when Paul, when should we pray in the Spirit? He says on all occasions. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Well, what, what kind of prayers should we pray, Paul? He says, pray in the Spirit with all kinds of occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. So if you're confused about what kind, you don't have to be. Because he says, pray all the time and pray any kind of prayer. The point is that we're connecting ourselves to the Spirit of God. We're praying His heart. He says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Be alert. Be praying. Pray all the time. Now, I know sometimes we can think, how do we pray all the time? How is that even possible? Because there's several times that Paul writes that we need to be praying all the time. And I think what this idea is, is we're not like folding our hands and closing our eyes and like praying and, and not doing anything else in our life. I think the way we, we pray all the time is the way that we are connected to God 
the way that we are seeking after God, the way that we are throughout our day, throughout our life, we're depending on Him. We're not making, we're not just doing whatever we want. We're doing what God wants. And, and I know that's, that's, that can be hard to do. But he says that we are to pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, and pray for all the Lord's people. That, that seems really hard to do, but just whoever God is putting on your mind, think about people in this church or people that you've known other times, people in your workplaces, people in your neighborhoods. Be praying for these people, especially if they're believers, that, that they would not be led away by the, the schemes of the devil. So praying in the Spirit is what Jude says. And he continues here in, in verse 21 with the same flow. He says, but, So building yourself up with the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, verse 22, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. So as we are building ourselves up in unity, as we are praying in the Holy Spirit, as we are setting ourselves to be holy, he says that praying in the Spirit is going to help believers stay in God's love. That we stay in God's love when we are seeking the Lord in prayer, when we are seeking who He is and what He wants and His will. What that's why we need each other, too, because the life is hard enough to, to do on our own, but when we have each other, we can help each other. We can pray for each other. We can pray with each other. We can pray that, that we would stay in Jesus' love and, and not just get in Jesus' love, but he says here, he says, keep yourselves in God's love. If you're, gonna, if you're keeping yourself in God's love, that means you have to start by being in God's love. That means you have to, start, you have to realize how great, we talked about this a few weeks ago, how great the love of God is. And, and, and to be in His love, finding joy in Jesus, because He's where the joy is. We, by praying in the Spirit and seeking after Him. So if we're staying in His love, that means that we're starting in His love. And so believers, we need to be starting in God's love and praying in the Spirit. And it says then, we pray in the Spirit, we keep ourselves in, in God's love as you wait. Now that's not a word that a lot of people like to hear. We, like as, we, we were just going to skip that. It was like, remain in God's love and something else. You know? But no, it's as you wait. We don't like to wait. But as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life, does that mean we have to wait till, till God, till, till the end of our life before we realize that God's mercy? No. But we wait because the things of this world are not going the way that, that they should right now. Jesus, we're, we're in this in-between moment where, where Jesus has come and then later Jesus is going to return. And so we're in this already but not yet part where things are still, 
There's, there's good things that are happening because of what Jesus has brought, but, but Satan is still having his way. And so we're in that, that in-between tension right now. And so some things are going to still be bad. Some things are still going to be not, not how God wants them to be. And so we need to wait. Not wait until we die, but wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ bringing you to eternal life. And that, and that's, eternal life is, is now. Eternal life is knowing Jesus Christ. When we are with Jesus forever and ever, that's eternal life. But we're also starting now with Jesus. And so eternal life means that we are living an abundant life. It means we are living with Jesus, abiding in Him. And I think that's why Jude says, keep yourselves in God's love. Because where God's love is, that's where you're going you're to be filled up with love and joy. You're going to be ready to be bold for Jesus. You're going to be ready to, to just bask in the mercy that He's given. So praying in the Spirit helps believers have mercy for others. Because when we have this heart of love and mercy that we've realized that Jesus and what He's done for us, then we're also going to have it for others. We're, we're to extend Jesus' love. We're to extend His mercy, His loving kindness to others. And it's a lot easier to do it, to extend mercy to others when we know how much mercy He's given us. And not just one time a long time ago. He's given us mercy every day. His mercies are new every day. So then in verse 22, he says, be merciful to others. So there's, in verses 22 and 23, there's kind of three categories here of people. So there's, be merciful to those who doubt. So there's a lot of people in, he's writing to in this church that aren't sure if the false teachers are false or if they're, what, who they're living for. Right? And so let's be merciful to those who are not sure. Okay? And then verse 23, save others by snatching them from the fire. And that, that sounds that's very graphic here. We aren't the, literally saving anyone from the fire, but what we are doing is living our life to show people the way of Jesus. And the way of Jesus is the way of life. And when we put our trust and faith in Him alone and live for Him, then we are not going to be in the fire. And so let's live in a way that, that has this urgency, this, this way that, you know, people, if they don't know Jesus and they die, they will be in the fire. So let's live in a way that we want to snatch people out of the fire. Let's say, it's not that we are saving, but by Jesus and His Spirit, they're saving. But He uses us, He uses believers to, to help people to see. So then the third group here is, is to show that, so we have show mercy to those who doubt, save others by snatching them from the fire, and then to others, this third category, show mercy. Show mercy, but it says here, mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. He's saying here in this third category, still show mercy to people, but sin is so entangled, it's so entangled, we want to have nothing to do with that sin. It, now Jesus, Jesus, He separates 
the sin from the sinner. He can do that perfectly. And so that's, I think that's what Jude is wanting for, his, for believers. That we would learn how to separate the sin from the sinner and show love and mercy and grace and kindness to people even when they're in their sin. But that we're not agreeing with sin. We're not saying that it's okay to continue in sin. And we want to have that nothing to do with that. I mean, this imagery here of hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh, this imagery... I mean, just think of the nastiest thing you can think of on a person, like what maybe changing a baby's diaper, something really gross. You don't want that on you. Like there's some of my kids, they don't like to change diapers because they don't want to deal with it. I mean, not that anybody wants to deal with changing diapers, especially the not fun kind, right? The, the, that's gross. But parents and grandparents and people that, that love these babies, they do it. But they don't, they don't do it and then just go on. They, they wash and they take care. They're, they're having this healthy fear, this health, there's this boundary that this is not something that's going to corrupt me. And it's not because I can do it, but it's through, through Jesus. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. We're showing mercy to those who doubt. We're showing, we're trying to save others through, from the fire through Jesus Christ. We're, and then also to the people that are in this lifestyle of sin, that they're in so corrupted by sin, that we're, that we're showing mercy to them. That we're going to them. Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house we heard about that last week in the ice camp. Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house. And then Zacchaeus saw his sin and he, he changed his life. Jesus didn't wait till Zacchaeus had it all together. Jesus doesn't want us to wait till, till people have it all together to show them love and grace and mercy. But we show love and grace and mercy having a really healthy respect, in fact, a hatred towards sin, the sin that's so easily entangled many people. And so we have this, praying in the Spirit helps us distinguish true followers. Praying in the Spirit helps believers stay in Jesus' love. I like the word remain or, or abide, abiding in Jesus' love. And then also praying in the Spirit helps believers have mercy for others. We, we have this mercy for any, any person because we want them to know Jesus. We want them to have saving grace in Jesus and have life eternal, not just for later, but for now. So I, want, I wonder, if, if disunity comes from people like me and you that have differences of value, differences of opinion, there's nothing wrong with having differences of opinion. We, we have opinions, but when we put those differences of opinions and we say, I have to do this, like especially a worship service has to go like this. It has, you know, it has to have this or it, has, it can't be like this. It has to have this. What we're saying is we can only worship the way that we want to worship God. That we're not, we're not worshiping God in the way that He is moving, you know, the way that He is working. We're worshiping God in a, in a 
in a way that we just have before. And so, are we valuing Christ? Are we valuing our opinion? Because sometimes those are going to have conflict. And praying in the Spirit builds unity in Christ. When we pray in the Spirit, when we're connecting our hearts to God, and there's a group of people that do this, it's going to build unity. We're going to find oneness. We're going to find joy in each other because we're going to say, it doesn't matter, like, I have this preference or you have this preference, but the greater value is Jesus. The greater value is worshiping Him. And so if it looks like this or it's done like this or the pastor preaches this or whatever your preferences are, it's not about our preferences. It's about bringing ourselves to Jesus. We're praying with our hearts. We're praying, connecting to, our, to the Spirit of the living God. And the Spirit builds unity in Christ. Do we want that? I want that. Now, we've talked a lot about praying in the Spirit, but what does that mean? And I put a quote on your sermon notes. John Piper says, Praying in the Spirit means that our prayers are moved and guided by the Holy Spirit. He says that is, we are being prompted to pray by the Spirit. He's awakening it and moving it. And the things that we pray for are being shaped and determined by the Spirit. So it's His power that carries the prayer, and it's His leading that guides the prayer. Do we want His power leading our prayers? Do we want His, Him to guide our prayers? We, we, if we're praying in the Spirit, we're building unity in Christ. We're connecting ourselves to the body of Christ. We're connecting ourselves to Jesus and His Spirit. Tony Evans says it like this. He said, To pray in the Holy Spirit is to pray with a mindset, a spiritual mindset, in concert with God's desires and God's design based on God's Word. So are we having this mindset that we're whatever God wants is what we want. Whatever God desires, that's what we desire. And, and we're not going to do, those things aren't going to come naturally. Those things are only going to be when we're connected in prayer to the Spirit. And Paul addresses this in Romans 8.26. He says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And he says, we don't, we don't know what we ought to pray. I mean, there's times that we don't know what to pray. We're not sure how to pray. Paul says we don't know how to pray or what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through groanless words. When we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in our life, dwelling in us, and we're connecting our hearts to Him, and even if we don't know what to pray or how to pray, He, he knows our hearts, and so we're being open to Him how He wants us to pray, and even if it's just some weird sounds. Whatever it is, he, 
He understands our hearts, and, and then He connects our hearts to His. And, and He guides our prayer. He shows us how to pray. He intercedes for us. And He searches the hearts who know the mind of the Spirit, it says in verse 27 there, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people according with the will of God. The Spirit of the living God intercedes for us. And He wants us to to be with Him in our prayer life. A.W. Tozer said, I don't know what year, but a long time ago, he said, if the Holy Spirit had withdrawn from the church today, if the Holy Spirit has withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do and go on, we would what we do and, and would go on, and no one would know the difference. 95% of what happens at church, unfortunately, is what A.W. Tozer is saying, 95% is just going to continue, even without the Spirit. But he says, if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, this, this church that was all about what the Spirit wanted, all about pleasing God, all about being united and living to, with one purpose and one mind. He said, if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop. And everyone would know the difference. And, and I don't read this quote to try to scold us or try to shame us, but to ask us this question, are we dependent on the Holy Spirit? Are we praying to the Spirit Are we praying for unity in the Spirit? Because praying in the Spirit builds unity in Christ. Instead of giving you a little simple challenge for today, we made this praying for 21 days. You can pick one of these up in the back. On the back of the sermon notes, this is the first week, but 21 days of prayer. And what we want to do as a church We want to invite you to pray in the Spirit that we build unity in Christ. We'd be praying the same kinds of things. I want to first encourage you every day to be praying, and it's not a magic prayer, but it is the Lord's Prayer. It's the the model that Jesus taught His disciples how to pray. So we want to encourage everyone to be praying the Lord's Prayer. And it's, it's, it's posted on there on the... Or if you can look in Matthew 6. And then each day, it's just a really short thing to do. It's reading a verse. And just, there's a little thing, like the, tomorrow it says, rest, rest a moment in God's presence. Thank Him for listening to and communicating with His people. Pray for unity as we embark on this journey of prayer that we would be built up together in His love. And so, I'm not trying to just add one more thing to your list, the things you need to do or should do, but if you, have a, if you want to be connected in prayer, this is a, a great way to do this as a church. And if you don't do it, that's fine, but I do, want, I, I do challenge you to be praying in the Spirit. Be praying in the Spirit, looking for unity in Christ. And maybe... Maybe this is going to maybe this shows you that maybe I have not surrendered my life to Jesus. 
I don't have the Holy Spirit. I don't know really all this about praying in the Spirit because that seems like just church words. If you don't know the Spirit, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know the Father, the Trinity, what Dwayne preached on last week, if we don't know the, the triune God, He's inviting us to know Him, to be in a relationship with Him, not just to save ourselves from the, the fire. But that's a huge benefit. But that's not the big, biggest benefit. The biggest benefit is to be where Jesus is, to know Him, to be in His love, to understand and to experience a life in Jesus Christ and being led by His Spirit. It's an exciting but hard life. So that's my challenge for our church, that we would pray together. And, and if there's... And if there's times that you want to pray together, like and physically together, then call someone, find, text someone. Let's let's pray together too. I mean, there's, you can come here and pray anytime. You can come. I mean, we're we're pray we pray before the service. Join us in praying before the service. If you want to pray before Wednesday nights, there's a there's a group that prays before Wednesday nights. If you want to pray together. Find, find someone that you can pray with and do it. I want to encourage us, not out of guilt, not out of, because we should do another thing, but we have the opportunity to pray in the Spirit. We have this opportunity to pray together, seeking the unity of the body of Christ. So with that, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you how your word informs us, how your word corrects us, how your word changes us. So God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here. I pray that they would build themselves up in your holy faith. Lord, and I pray that we would, that these brothers and sisters in Christ would pray in the Spirit, and that we would keep ourselves in Christ's love. And we, as we wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring us to eternal life, God, we, just, we pray that we would be waiting for you. We would be keeping our eyes on you. We would trust you. God, that in this 21 days of prayer, we, we just pray that we would have this unity with you, Lord, and that we would have unity in Christ with, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you that we have a God that, that listens and a God that is relational. We thank you, Jesus, that, that you've made a way by dying on the cross, for paying for our sins, for giving us a, this free gift of salvation. God, I pray that we would live in gratitude if we've accepted you as our Savior. And God, I pray for those that, that haven't accepted you, that, those that haven't said, that called out to you as Lord and Savior, God, that you would be working in their hearts, be drawing them to you, break, break away the, the ideas that they may have of you that are false. 
that they would experience your love and your grace. We pray this would be all about you, not about ourselves. We pray that you would do whatever you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen.